wishes all come true. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. This is the Rob Report. <clears throat> Gotta get my headphones on straight here. They're falling off my head. Good afternoon, Natil. Good afternoon, Rob. My problem with these headphones, I don't have enough hair anymore to keep the headphones on my head <laughs> the way I used to. <laughs> it's thinning. You've had all sorts of problems this week. Yeah. Can't handle dust on your floor. Your headphones are falling off. You're a mess. Yeah. I got all sorts of people on the editorial page who don't like me very much. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's nothing unusual, is it? No, not that unusual. I, and, you know, I, I mean, listen, when you're in this light of work, I don't aspire to be controversial just for the sake of being controversial. I, I think a lot of people in this business do. You know, they they just they say outrageous things to get to get a, a rise out of people. And, you know, I, I don't I don't do that. Like, I don't mind controversy. I'll say controversial things if I believe them. But I'm not going to go out of my way to just make I'm not trying to just make people mad. Um, you know, sometimes I guess I'll just swim against the grain because I think, I think sometimes there are things that, that have to be said that are just unpopular and, you know, they're, they're unpopular truths. You know, I'll, I'll do that, but I don't sit out to make people to be mad. So I don't, and I don't mind if people come back and, and they, they jump all over me, but I, I do wish if, if I, I have a challenge for my critics and really, I, I think you, some of you, you got to step up your game because, you're not I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not finding the criticism all that interesting. We'll get into that in a minute. Seven oh one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. you know, uh Natil, we talked a little bit about House Bill thirteen eighty six yesterday. That is the anti discrimination bill. Uh we talked about that yesterday. It was in committee. There were some amendments um to to sort of narrow the focus of the bill down a little bit. What, what I took to be, and I, I think certainly that was the intent of, of Representative Tom Beadle, Republican of Fargo, who introduced the amendments. He's also a co-sponsor on the larger bill. I, I think that was his intent, was to try to narrow the bill down to something which could could pass the House floor. Uh, anyway, the bill came to the House floor today, and it just failed, actually, just minutes ago. Uh, House Bill 1386 failed on a 22 to 69 vote. I'm looking at the roll call here. Uh, let's see, Republicans that crossed the aisle. Looks like Fargo's Tom Beadle, of course. Uh, Representative Randy Boehning, also of Fargo. Uh, Jake Blum of Grand Forks would be a Republican uh, who crossed the aisle. Uh, let's see. Representative George Kaiser. Representative Mary Johnson. Uh, Andy Maragos of Minot. Bob Martinson of Bismarck. Uh, Let's see, Representative O'Brien from Grand Forks, uh, Shannon Roars Jones from Fargo. Those are all Republicans who uh, who crossed the aisle, but still the bill failing uh, 2269. Uh, there were some, it looks like maybe there were some Democrats that went the other way too, but I'm not going to list them all out here on the air. So anyway, that bill failing. Uh, there was an effort, Representative um, Boucher attempted to, he, he, he first moved on the floor that the bill be sent back to committee and that motion failed on the floor and then he moved to the sixth order and and i actually didn't know this until i think yesterday i actually said it in the house they couldn't do floor amendments turns out i was wrong uh not accurate so they can do floor amendments i guess maybe just doesn't happen very often i was under the impression that they couldn't apparently they can so he, he moved to move to the sixth order and to do Beatles amendments on the floor uh, and the floor of the house rejected it as well and I listen again. 
I, it, that's just too bad because I think I, I had thought that those amendments were something that if brought to the full house floor were something that could pass. Uh, I guess I was wrong about that because obviously when, when the full house floor got a chance to consider those amendments, they didn't. And so what we're left with is the state house of representatives saying that, that they can't even stomach banning the government discriminating against gays which i don't know i mean the defense when i when i talked to 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 republican lawmakers i've been texting with a lot of them this morning and and some other you know republican observers and what they've been telling me is that they didn't see a need for though even those amendments because they don't think the government's discriminating anyway which i don't know i mean that just doesn't pass the smell test for me If, if you don't think the government's doing it then so what Okay, make it illegal, right? If you don't think the government should do it, and you don't think the government is doing it, then it doesn't matter. At least part, pass that part of the bill, right? Let's at, let's at least take that portion of this fight that we are having one legislative session after another. Let's at least take that much off the plate. Let's at least take that much out of the debate. We agree on that. That part's going to become law. And then we'll leave the rest of it, and we'll continue to have a debate about the rest of it. Let's at least do that. That they couldn't do it, and I—I I mean, to me, that's—it's—it's it's frustrating. It's, you know, and 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 maybe Republicans are just feeling like they don't, you know, why should they? Right? This is a Democratic bill, you know, backed by Representative Josh Boucher, who frankly doesn't carry a lot of clout down there in Bismarck. Doesn't have a lot of respect from other Republicans for a lot of reasons. He's pretty far to the left, pretty far outside of the mainstream of what what North, what most North Dakotans wanted in the last election. North Dakota Democrats got a shellacking, despite campaigning on issues like this. Now, of course, District 44, where Representative Boucher is, is one area where a couple of Republican incumbents, Representative Blair Thorson, State Senator Tim Flackle, they lost in District 44. But outside of District 44, Democrats got killed across the state. Just murdered at the polls. And I guess Republicans are feeling, you know, why should we care about their issues? They're not winning elections. And I guess that's how democracy works, but I don't know. When I talk with a lot of my Republican friends, you know, privately, you know, what they say is they're not against, they're not for discrimination. They, they actually kind of hate this issue. They wish it would stop coming up. And what I keep telling them is it'll stop coming up. Maybe if if we try to find some areas in this bill that we can all agree to and pass those, maybe that'll help. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. We can certainly talk about that. We could talk about, I put up a post uh, about budget situations. I think I'm going to get to that in the second part of the show. But the other thing I want to get to are, are some of these letters of the editor. You've been seeing these, Natil, these letters of the editor. Thinking, I'm not such it's, a good guy. It's kind of hard to miss them. Yeah. I I, I called Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren a fool, which I think is accurate from my perspective. She is foolish. I, I, I think she promotes an ideology that I think is is foolish. I think a lot of her political antics are are foolish. I think it's accurate. And 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 listen, I don't I don't understand why it was so provocative to call her a fool. I mean, of all the things people say about one another in politics, calling somebody foolish to me seems pretty mild. 
I'm not I'm not a big one on name calling generally. I don't call people a lot of names. I, I, I'm not even sure that foolish is name. I mean, it's an adjective, right? I'm not I'm not calling her you know some some sort of an expletive or something like that. I just I think she's a foolish woman who doesn't do a lot of good for her own causes. You know, let alone the country's interests. So I did that, though. I called her a fool. People were outraged about it. Uh, I got all sorts of social media messages, emails, everything else, and, of course, several letters to the editor. And what I think is interesting about a lot of them, I, a lot of them were exemplified. Uh, uh, Mr. Alan Erickson of Fargo wrote one today. And he's going down, and it's, it's all about my integrity and my lack of journalistic integrity and all this stuff, uh, although he... Uh, doesn't provide any examples of where I got anything factually wrong, which is interesting because that's a big part of a lot of this, right? Like you and I, Natil, we we disagree in a lot of areas politically, right? I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, but we tend to be able to find some middle ground, sure. and I don't sure. think either of us has ever resorted to name calling one or the other. No, exactly. But but I, what my my point was, you and I could each look at a fact, a piece of data. Um, you know, if the scientific study or, a, you know, a poll or a survey or, you know, a, some trend in a social program, you and I, as, as two intelligent people with maybe different philosophies, could look at a piece of data and reach two completely different conclusions or, or at least divergent in, to one degree or another conclusions. Right. I mean, I, I think that's that's fair. I don't think that's unusual, but I, I think that's, that's definitely something that it, it can happen. It does happen. Right. You and I look at look at the world around us and we see different things at times. Absolutely. I mean, the interpretation of facts can right. create different viewpoints after engaging with the facts. But the facts themselves don't change. Right. And so to me, there's nothing wrong when I hear a lot of people say, well, he lacks journalistic integrity and he doesn't he doesn't get his facts right. When I hear that. And they don't back it up with some specific example where I screwed something up, where I cited the wrong number, or I I misrepresented something that was in it. If, if they don't provide that, all I'm hearing is is you're just saying you don't like the conclusions that I I arrived at based on the same facts that you've seen. And to me, that doesn't make me a bad person. That just means I'm somebody who sees the world differently than you do. Right. And I don't have any problem with that sort of disagreement. Right. I, I think that's why you and I, Natil, generally get along pretty well and, and we don't end up shouting at each other is because I respect the fact that that you may reach different conclusions from data and, and your observations of the world than I do. And that doesn't make you a bad person, nor does it make me a bad person. It just makes us two different people. I would agree. So that that bothers me that, that so much of it is just. Ah, oh, you know, you, 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 you don't have any integrity or whatever. Baloney. You just don't agree with me. That's your problem. But you can't just come out and say, I hate people I disagree with. So that's where you go. The other thing is, and, and this is what Mr. Erickson wrote. He, he wrote, I quote, those who share his ideology may often enjoy immersing themselves in his rhetoric. He will rarely challenge them to be thoughtful or defend their view. So essentially what he's accusing me of is preaching to the choir and not challenging people inclined to agree with me. And I disagree with that entirely. I have never, in going on 14 years of writing about politics, had a problem with calling Republicans to the mat when I think they deserve it. Now, granted, as somebody who is conservative, I probably think Republicans deserve it a lot less than maybe somebody on the left will. 
But again, that just gets back to ideology. That just gets back to philosophy. That's not a factual thing. I will never, I could promise you, I will never have a problem if Republicans are doing something that I find wrong. I am not going to sweep it under the rug. If I feel uncomfortable with what Republicans are doing, you're going to hear about it from me. I think that's why I'm successful at what I do. It's because everything that I'm telling you, if you disagree with me or not, is coming from a genuine place in me. That's all I can do with you folks is just call them as I see them. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. More to come. Don't go away. I thought I heard the captain say, pay me my money down. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. My message for my critics out there, step it up. You're not very interesting. I I, I mean, listen, if, if, if your big complaint about me, whether you just want to come out and say it or not, is that you just don't like me because I'm a conservative or because I, I represent a point of view that you don't like, then it's not very interesting. Nobody's going to be convinced about that. Nobody cares. If that's if that's your big complaint, nobody cares. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Karen's on the line. Karen, what's up? Well, I listen to you as a Democrat, and what you say sounds fine to me. Of course, I'm keeping in mind that you are conservative, so I'm not expecting you to necessarily say what i agree with and i call in compliments for you to my capital every once in a while you do well i i'm glad you do karen i appreciate the support i'm glad and listen that that is something i do strive for i mean i i hope that when i write about a topic or i talk about a topic that even if even if you're sitting at home reading or listening or whatever and you're thinking boy Boy, this guy is is distributing a lot of baloney. I hope that at the very least, as I work through an issue where I link to some report or I pull out some data, I hope at the very least it could be illuminating for you. Even if it's from the perspective of my work just making you feel more confident in your own position. To me, that still has value. Right. Even though even if I haven't necessarily persuaded you, if I could just leave you feeling like you're a little bit better informed on an issue or have a little bit better understanding of another side of the issue, then to me, that's a win. I have won. I have accomplished. I have done my job. If I have accomplished that, I'm not here to make you mad. I'm not here to make you outraged, even though I'm not afraid to make you mad. I'm not afraid to make you feel uncomfortable. If that's where the path of the debate's going to lead us. But at the end, I hope it's still valuable. We, we have lost so much of that. We have such an intolerance. And I'm not, not just, I mean, obviously, because I'm a conservative, you know, a lot of the criticism that I get comes from the left. So that's, that's how I see it. I'm sure other commentators who work on this station, who work for Forum Communications Company, see it differently and, you know, have their own set of critics that are motivated from a different place. But we have lost that, left and right, our ability to just be interested in what people who disagree with say and, and not immediately dismissive or, or even worse, 
immediately questioning the motives of 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 people who disagree with us right as if as if they can't be motivated just by sincerity just just by a sincere feeling that they have reached the right conclusions what's so wrong about that 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com uh like i said uh, house bill 1386 the discrimination bill failing in the state house today and by the way, there's an example. I mean, there really is, to go back to my point at the beginning of, of the program, there is a prime example of what I'm talking about. You have House Republicans who I know a lot of them that push the red button today on that bill, I know a lot of them feel differently than that. And, and the reason why they're pushing that red button is because this is a Democratic bill. This is a Democratic bill, and they are taking a reflexive Republican position. Despite the fact that that Democratic bill, even if they object to it in its entirety, that Democratic bill could have been pared down into something that Republicans could have passed and could have supported as as good public policy. And they didn't do it because it came from the other side of the aisle. I, I I don't know. I mean... I, I know the people who serve in the legislature pretty well, right? I've talked with just about all of them, talked with them on a pretty regular basis, and I know better. I know why they pushed that red button today, and it has a lot to do with partisan politics, and that to me is is so, so unfortunate. I get it to an extent, right? But, you know, and the Democrats do the same thing, and they grandstand, and they set up these little moments so that they can they can be outraged and send letters to the editor and attack Republicans. And a lot of the attacks Democrats launch on Republicans in this state are fundamentally unfair and not really grounded in reality. So I can even understand the motives Republicans have to, to kill a bill like that, even when it's amended down into something that Republicans can and probably should support. But at some point, somebody's got to be the grown-up, right? So somebody has to just say, you know what, we're just going to do the right thing. And the partisan politics aren't going to matter. I, I keep waiting for, for that to be the big watershed moment at the national level with Donald Trump. Where somebody on the Democratic side is just going to break that and say, you know what, sometimes Trump's not wrong about every single thing. He's not Hitler. He's not a white supremacist. There are some things that we can agree with him on, and we're going to work with him on those things, and we're going to disagree with them everywhere else. I keep waiting for that moment to happen. Maybe it won't. All right, more to come. I'm going to talk about the budget situation. There are some out there trying to create a narrative that North Dakota's budget issues are because Republicans have you paying too little in taxes. Do you believe it? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888 970 
Email talk at WDAY.com at Rob Ports. How you can reach me on Twitter. A lot of people do. So we're uh, we're going to be entering the, the point in the legislative session where they begin debating the budget. Um, so what, what typically happens is the legislature is cut up into two halves, um, and we are in the pre-crossover half of the legislature. Uh, crossover happens at the end of this month. Uh, and what happens at crossover is all the bills that the House passes and the Senate passes get crossed over. Uh, for the other chamber to consider, right? Because any bill that's going to become law has to pass both chambers. So uh, the the two chambers basically exchange their past bills uh, and then go to work on the other chamber's bills. Typically, what they do is they put all what are called the policy bills at the beginning of the legislative session. So the two chambers start looking at bills regarding uh, gun use, you know, concealed carry, uh, speed limits, all those sorts of bills that have to do with policy. Uh, what And then while all that's going on in the background, they're having all sorts of committee hearings, particularly the appropriations committees, um, start going over their budgets, right? So the appropriations committees, they start kicking the budgets out to some of the policy committees, you know, where, where that's appropriate to look at as well. So we are on the verge of of the budget issue, which is by far going to be the biggest issue of this session. We are on the verge of of that coming out. And what's interesting to me is that already you're starting to hear a lot of a lot of our friends on the left start to talk about the budget situation as though it were a result of Republicans cutting taxes too far. And this is this is fundamentally inaccurate. Their claim is that Republicans passed too many tax cuts. And if they hadn't passed those tax cuts, and they normally mention like the corporate income tax cuts, or and they always talk about the corporate income tax cuts. They don't point out that individuals got a much larger tax cut, at least in terms of, well, both in terms of percentage and, and in terms of dollar size. Uh, but, they, you know, they talk about the narrative is supposed to be that Republicans were, were giving away all these tax breaks to corporations and oil companies, and now our budget's a mess. And it's it's just not true for a couple of reasons. Now, talking about these numbers on the radio is a little bit hard because I can rattle off a bunch of numbers to you, and it's not going to mean a lot. Go to sayanythingblog.com. I've got graphs and all the numbers if you want to check it out. But here's reality. Through December which is the last month for which the Office of Management and Budget has released numbers. They should be releasing January numbers here in a week or so. Uh, But through December, the 2015-2017 biennium, remember that North Dakota's bienniums run from June 1st in an odd-numbered year to July 31st. Or excuse me, July 1st of an odd-numbered year to June 30th of the next odd-numbered year. It's kind of a weird, we start halfway through the year. That's the that's the, 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 the two-year budget biennium for the state of North Dakota. So the 2015-2017 biennium. So far, we are down absolutely significantly in general fund revenues from the previous biennium. We are at just over $3.2 billion in general fund revenues. Last biennium, we were just a little over $4.4 billion. Or excuse me, just a little over $4 billion. So 
a significant decrease. But you got to remember, last biennium was the peak of the oil boom, right? 2015, 2017, or excuse me, 2013, 2015, that was the peak. That was the pinnacle of the oil boom. So, yes, revenues are down from there. What doesn't get mentioned is that we are still significantly higher at this point in this biennium than the last pre-oil boom biennium. If we go back to the 2011-2013 biennium, and that was right, right at the dawn, we weren't really seeing a lot of the impact, at least in terms of revenues to the state, from oil activity. But that was just right at the beginning, 2011-2013 biennium. At this point, we were under $2.4 billion in revenue. Right now, we're just a little over 3.2. We have significantly more revenue in this biennium than we did pre-oil boom. And so the idea that tax cuts have created this problem for the state is baloney. Tax cuts did not create the problem for the state. Especially when you consider that, that a lot of the, the tax relief that Republicans have been touting hasn't really been tax relief. The income tax cuts were actually pretty small in a dollar amount because even before the legislature began cutting income taxes and they passed income taxes in multiple successive legislative sessions, they're obviously not going to cut them this session. Before, Even before they began cutting the income tax, North Dakota had a pretty low income tax. So in terms of dollar, like the corporate income taxes, the personal income taxes, hasn't really cost the state that much. And the much larger dollar value in the area of, of tax policy has been property taxes. But the problem with the way the state's gone about property taxes, the state has mostly just been trying to buy down local property taxes, right? So we had like the direct, what was it, 12.5% buy down, like $200 million of biennium. We had that. And then we also had the K-12 through funding formula revamp which moved a much larger percentage to the point where the state just about pays 100% of K through 12. We had that budget change. We had that formula change as well. And if we look at those, at those, we can have a debate about whether or not those have effectively reduced property taxes at the local level. Your mileage on that may vary depending on which part of the state, which school district or what have you that you live in. We can have a debate about that. But if we look at that policy Strictly through the lens of the state budget, it's spending. That's really all it is. Nobody's reducing spending. What we're doing is what the state has been doing has been shifting local spending into the statewide budget on the hopes that by taking that spending off local budgets, they would lower property taxes. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. That's a discussion for a whole other radio show. But in terms of the state, that's spending. So this idea that tax cuts are the big driver of the budget shortfalls in the state are ridiculous. The income taxes weren't that much, the income tax cuts, and the property tax reductions were really just a spending shift. So here, here's a fact. If, if, if you want to know what the problem is, from 2007-2009 biennium to the 2015-2017 biennium, the average biennial increase in general fund spending was 25.3%. That's according to Legislative Council. That's not a number I came up with. That's Legislative Council. Got the data at sayanythingblog.com if you want to take it up. 
So that spending went up through the roof. And that's the problem. And remember that if Democrats had gotten their way over the last couple of bienniums, we would have increased spending even more. Spending would have gone even higher. What Republicans did is they matched oil boom revenues, boom time revenues, with a boom in spending. That's what they did. And to a certain degree, increasing spending was necessary. We had more law enforcement needs. We had more traffic. We had more traffic in the state. We had more businesses opening in the state. We had more commerce. We had more people. There were human services challenges. There were a lot of challenges. We needed more inspectors. We needed more of just about everything. So a certain level of growth in government was necessary. Absolutely, during the boom years. Had to do it. You have more people, you're going to end up with more government. More spending, bigger budgets, more people. So the problem is that they went above that. And, you know, we increased, when, when you are increasing, and again, going back to 2007, 2009. So we're talking about roughly over the last decade, over five bienniums. By the time we get to the end of the 2017, 2015, 2017 biennium in June, end of June, We'll be talking about 10 years. Over a decade, we're talking about an averaging every biennium, every two years, a you know more than 25% increase in general fund spending every two years for a decade. And now we're supposed to believe that tax cuts are the problem. Now, I'm saying all this, I'm not exonerating Republicans. I'm not saying Republicans did nothing wrong. What I'm saying is is that Democrats are trying to shoehorn this situation into a left-wing narrative. They're trying to, to, to make it make sense within their narrative because Democrats are just allergic to talking about spending problems. They're allergic to talking about spending too much. In their mind, I, I, I have yet to hear a Democrat ever say that we ever spend too much on anything. So that's the problem. It is what, what, what is plaguing North Dakota right now, what we are going through, is a situation where the state government spent too much money when the revenues were coming in. We built a booming spending budget on oil boom revenues that were never going to be sustainable. The oil boom level of revenues was never the new normal. But Republicans budgeted like it was the new normal, and now we're paying the price. It's not tax policy that was the problem. It was spending policy all along. And the funny thing about it is we're going to get all these headlines, particularly as the legislature moves into the budget portion of it, of, of, of proceedings. We're going to get all these headlines. Trust me, they'll time it for maximum political impact from all these state agencies about how horrible all these cuts are and the cuts that they're going to propose are going to be the most, they're going to tug at your heartstrings. They're going to be the hardest cuts to make. Because when they get budget increases, they spend their budget increases on trivial things. And then when it comes time to propose tax cuts, they always propose the hardest cuts. Because you know what? They don't really want to cut anything. That's how the political game gets played. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll wrap it up right after this. Don't go away. Mama died and left me wrecked. Papa died and left me wild. I ain't 
Welcome back, Rob Report. 701-293-9000. You want to join in? 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. You got big plans for the weekend, Atil? I think I'm actually going to Minneapolis on Sunday for a, a day trip to the Mall of America. That well, sounds like fun. I don't. We don't get to do things like that very often, but it's tax season and my refund came in, so I think oh I'm going to go spend a little bit of it at the How Mall of America. How early did you do your taxes? Uh, as soon as I was able, really. I don't like to wait because I have a, if I wait on a thing, I have a tendency to forget about it until the very last second, and then I go into panic mode because I don't have any time to do this thing and blah, blah, blah. I... I usually wait to the last minute because I just hate doing it and I put it off and put it off and all the papers sit on my desk and I don't do it. And then at the last minute, I'm my family leaves the house because I'm angry or swearing and then it's done and the ordeal's over. This year, though, I surprised the heck out of my wife. I came back like one Saturday and I was like, taxes are done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did them early this year. I surprised myself. So uh, do you have a shopping agenda? you have something in mind you're going to spend that refund on? Uh, well, I'm going to the American Girl doll store for sure. I collect them. So there's some new things that I want to pick up. Oh. And the um, the mall also has the aquarium. And I love to go visit the aquarium. One, because it's like the closest actual aquarium to Fargo. And two, because they have the big stingray pool where I can touch all the stingrays. And I think that's right. just the neatest thing. <laughs> that's fun. So those are those are two things. Other than that, we'll probably walk around. They have a couple of neat. They have like a really neat game store, and they've got a couple of neat sort of specialty Japanese anime type stores that I'll be poking around in and seeing what's available. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I think uh, we are we're going out. My wife and I are going out on a date tonight with another couple, so we're looking forward oh, to that. Fun. We got a babysitter. We don't. I, I realize we don't get out of the house much. <laughs> it's, you have a kid, and it's like, you know, the kids, it's like you don't ever do anything. So my, my oldest daughter's watching the other two kids. She's having a friend over. They're going to have a good time. We're going to go out. That should be fun. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward on Net, uh, Netflix. Uh, Ricky Gervais is uh, reprising his role as uh, David Brent. Have you seen this? His office character? No. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, guess the, I guess he's like out on it. He's got like a band now and he's out on a musical tour. It's on Netflix now, I guess. I just got an email about it. I'm looking forward to watching that because I am a, I am an office fan going back even before the American version started. It was just the BBC version. The, the British version. version yeah. yeah. Which is, which is, it's very different from the American version because British people just have a very different sense of humor. Oh, I absolutely. Think. It, and it's, but... it's a lot darker. <laughs> I, I think in some ways, um, but I the BBC version is brilliant. If you've never gone back, it's a little it's a little dated now. I think, but it's pretty good. But I'm looking forward to that on Netflix. I think that should be good. Uh, it might be time for me to rewatch the IT Crowd. You got me thinking about British comedy, and the IT Crowd is one of my favorite British. I've comedies. tried watching that. I can't get into it. Really, I love it. I love it so much. I think it's I think it's absolutely hysterical. You know what I have been watching that has just been great, and it just season two just started is the Expanse series. Have you seen that at all? Mm -mm. Okay, so the Expanse it's written by James S. A. Corey, but that's that's actually a um, that's actually a, a, a name used by two authors, uh, both of whom used to work with George R. R. Martin. And oh. what's, what's funny is that they they wrote a series of books about 
you know, uh, this this ship and this group of people on the ship, and then this this sort of war between Earth and Mars and the belt, and it's very very good. But it's it's written in the style of like Game of Thrones, where you have like perspective characters, right? And then you fall, you know, each chapter is like that character's perspective, and it's told through that progressing yeah. along. And so it's it's almost I don't want to say Game of Thrones in space because the stories are not necessarily the <laughs> same, right? It's it's not like we took, you know. Um, the Targaryens and put them in space. Yeah, right. it's, it's take... not like that, but it's it's very similar. It's it's told. It is a story told in the same way, but in space, and it's very good. And there's a the sci-fi turned it into a series, and it, season two just started. I've been watching that. That's great. You know what Jay else Tom- is on Netflix oh, right now is the Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate my, events. Uh, my wife and daughter watch that. Oh, they love it. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. I I love He's it. He's so good. I love He's him. So funny. <laughs> God, he's funny. Uh, Jay Thomas messaged me. He says, today's show, talking about parking lot, pet peeves, booze, songs, when you die, and owls. So pretty much Jay doesn't know what he's doing today. He's scraping the bottom of the barrel. But stay tuned for that because he'll probably find a way to make it interesting. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.